With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say. Your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club! Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The Man City Show is backed for the season by Ladbrokes. Welcome to the Man City Show. It's Nigel Rothband back in the chair. So far in January, Manchester City have scored 30 goals and conceded just the one. We're still in contention for, what, four major trophies? But we are now one corner flag short. So to discuss that and much more, I have three guests. Uh, One who has the physique of a corner flag, one who has the intelligence of a corner flag, and one who doesn't even know what a corner flag is. Ah. So in no particular order, welcome to A View from a Blue, Stephen Allwise. Hello. Welcome to me, old mate David Blakeney. Hello. And welcome to the magnificent Steve Cox. Hello. The Man City Show is back for the season by Ladbrooks. Go to bet.citypodcast.net for all their latest odds and offers. Can we start with another League Cup final? Uh, after 9-0, was the 1-0 second leg a bit of a disappointment, a bit of an anticlimax, would you say? Burton Albion, David? Yes, definitely. A bit disappointing. <clears throat> well, I went specifically to watch it because, first of all, I don't know if you noticed, it said it was on Sky and then they moved it to not the main channel. So I had to then go and find a pub to watch it in on my own, which I did. And I was looking forward to it and I was disappointed because, we, I mean, we played some good players in the first half. Second half, we played some kids. But you just thought we should have done a bit better on that. But we've been spoiled. <laughs> It was disjointed. The pitch was shocking. Yeah. It was freezing. The pitch was freezing slowly during the game. People kept slipping over, mm. losing control. Passes were overhit. It was just not our usual controlled game. Um, and we didn't really have anything like the possession we'd normally have. Um, and I think the number of changes in the team probably didn't help with that either, really. Yeah, I was disappointed. Yeah, I can understand all of that. I think it was exactly what we should have expected. Um, A few changes to the team, the pitch didn't help us in any way to play our normal style, the conditions in terms of, you could just 9-0 up, all the players wanted to do was avoid injury. Um, And I think that that manifested itself in the way that they played. Aguero barely moved, De Bruyne, I think they played him in a bit deeper position, but didn't do a huge amount. They wanted to, to get through the game, 
win, fine, but it was never going to be anything like the first leg. It was never going to be the intensity that we see every week. So by our standards, to only score one is disappointing, but I think totally expected in the circumstances. But we take it seriously, don't we, the League Cup? You look at some, we take the FA Cup seriously, which we'll come on to in a second as well. So in terms of the final, Stephen, sort of the sort of side that you think Pep's likely to put out, kind of, he wants to win trophies, I, doesn't I he? Think he'll, yeah, I think it'll be our first team. Um, I'd feel sorry for Murich if, if Edison came back in, but you could understand that happening. Um, Eric Garcia hasn't put a foot wrong in his appearances, but he's not going to play in the final. It will be our, our normal, strong Premier League eleven. So you think you guys well, sort of David I, and Steve, you think he's not going to play Murich? You I think he'll play Murich. I, well, I do as I'll well. I'd be amazed if he doesn't. Murich is great. I think he'll have enough confidence to play him. Any other changes for you, David? Or do you think like Stephen it's going to be pretty much I think forced... pretty much first team. Yeah, yeah I, I look I agree. Um I would say that Murich is probably easier to change than, say, Bravo would have been, purely because he's not necessarily expecting to be a first-choice keeper. We don't know what Pep has said to him. So if there was to be a change, it might be that one. But otherwise, I think a strong squad for the final. So another demolition job in the FA Cup on Burnley, um, which was uh, great to see. And uh, we played some fantastic football as well, didn't we? It was just, just City at their best. And first half, all right, we didn't quite convert as many chances, didn't make as many chances as we should. But second half, we were just uh, magnificent, weren't we, I Steve? I think Sean Dyche said that we have three goalkeepers, very good goalkeepers at Burnley. I wished I could have played them all today because we <laughs> might have stood some chance, although I doubt it. Um, yeah, I know that kind of admits that... I, I thought the first half was a little bit strange till we scored a goal then we seemed to struggle to build upon it and you know although we had the pressure their goalkeeper made some great saves but De Bruyne seems to be getting back into the click again his rhythm seems to have come back and his passing was absolutely superb um, I think he should get a credit for the assist for their own goal quite frankly because he put it into a place where if they didn't put it in the net Jesus yeah. was certainly going to at the Does back not, post Do you not get an assist then for an own goal? I don't, I I don't assume know that you did I'm, automatically. I'm not, I'm not a... sure I'm not sure whether they class it as, yeah, as an assist I think it's an assist Yeah I think it is Maybe Not I, I get so. too hung up on assists to be honest There's all sorts of so, charts but... being shown about the amount of assists and goals That the City front line are scoring The best team in Europe But well, we know that but, uh, I, I, You were I, saying Steve Sorry, Yeah I, I, no, I... I have to say that we, we certainly played with a rhythm and pace Particularly in that second half Where they were never ever going to get anything back out of that game The only player I was a little bit disappointed with And I really hate saying this Was um, when David Silva came on I found it just doesn't seem to be quite up at it at the moment I don't, and I don't know what I don't know what's bugging him excuse me David you, you, did you use David Silver and terrible in the same sentence no I said totally agree oh sorry I thought you said terrible no totally agree so I just think the last five games he has not been on it at all my son says it every game now I said it's, it's just not him at the moment hair do you think it's the hair maybe, maybe he needs to take his hair off yeah <laughs> yeah I, as is fine he's just not playing well he's losing the ball so many times and he never used to do that he is a, that's a concern. Is, is it the fact that great players go through sort of bad patches occasionally? He's, really, he's still a great player, isn't he? Mitigating circumstances against Burnley. I, don't, I can't remember whether I'm it was... I'm talking about last five games. Yeah, but against Burnley specifically, 3-4-0, it was already, the game was over when he came on. And it was his kind of tenacity to chase down that lost ball that won us the penalty. Yeah. He's not been at his best. When, when he's at his best, I agree, he's different level. He's not quite been at that, but... In, in a sense, you can totally understand why Pep rotates the players. We need to. 
but it doesn't always help them. I think he said this week, a couple of days ago, he played Fernandinho against Burnley as much for the rhythm and so that he's actually played once in a fortnight. I think Silver is someone who probably just wants to play and, and feel the ball and, and you know have his touch. And to come off the bench for 20 minutes against Burton and 20 minutes in the cup, when the game is over, I don't think he's going to... He's not going to be the star that we know. But if you're picking the team for the Carabao Cup final tomorrow, he's in there. Do you think it's because we have such high standards now that you kind of judge them? Because David Silva, by anybody's standards, that probably would have been a reasonable game. But because it's David Silva, you look at it and you think, well, he's not quite got the rhythm of the game there and it's just not quite what we're used to seeing from him, I guess. that's the. Yeah, I, I, don't, I don't think... But I'm not worried about him at all. He's, no. Even if he's 80% of his best, he's, he's better than 95% of the rest of the league. And as David said, Steve, great to see De Bruyne back took his goal brilliantly. That's kind of the old De Bruyne, isn't it? And, and well, some, some of the I mean, passes he was picking. The, the, the very second that left his boot, you could see that that was only going in one place and that, that was the corner of the goal. He, and, and he seems to see that, have that vision of exactly where he wants to put it. Um, the goal against Leicester was a good one. You know, it, although he wasn't quite up to rhythm then, he, he, kind of, he spotted the gap and he put the ball where only he could actually put it. But that goal at the weekend, absolute cracker. We've got, David, I think is it five games in 12 days? Yeah. coming up because they've rearranged the Everton game the Everton now as game, well yeah. and so on, which that, is, that I mean, is a bit of a blow that and one of those is a cup final yeah. Yeah, so, so it's kind of this This is such an important period for, yeah. for the team just your thoughts on that on kind of Stephen's already talked about rotation and so on you know, injuries we've got people coming back fortunately okay there's a question about company which maybe we'll get on to but you know Mendy's coming back we, we, we don't seem to have any other major injuries at the moment De Bruyne's on his way back Aguero has been injured he seems to be fully fit now your thoughts on this absolutely crucial period of five games well, in 12 days which seems incredible a fully fit squad now or almost then he should be able to rotate a fully fought squad and get through those amount of games. So I think, it, I think the Everton game, without that, I think we would have been fine. That's put a little bit of pressure on us because suddenly now, after a big cup final, we're going to be playing Everton. And that's quite tough, isn't it? For... Like three days later, it's the Wednesday. I think the cup final's yeah, on the Sunday. And, 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 it's the Wednesday and, and do you remember itself? when we won the last one against Liverpool and then we played the midweek and got smashed 3-0? Yeah. <laughs> Or the one last year when we played Arsenal at the weekend and beat them 3 and, we did go, and then we did beat them 3-1. The yeah. yeah, yeah. so I think yeah. it's, it's difficult. It, but, it's but with all, It almost... If we start like we can and score early on and, and the game just becomes a totally different match, if we're 3-0 up at half-time like we, we can easily be, they can coast the second half. And they're all actually, I think Pep's rotated well. You think Sane's barely played a minute in... In a couple yeah. of weeks, the two Burton games and an easier cup tie in Burnley. That has, yeah. and I can't remember who we played in the middle in the league, but that has massively helped. Sterling's had a rest. Aguero and Jesus have, have played one game, missed one game. Sane's had a rest. De Bruyne needs to play. Bernardo's had a rest. Silva's had. A, they've all. Yeah. They should all be fresh no, enough. Yeah. The games are going to take a lot out of them. Arsenal defensively poor, but can attack you. Everton, you know, they they've struggled especially from set pieces, but he's not lit the world alight silver there. But I think they're a really good team. Chelsea takes a lot out of you a couple of games against them. So we've, if anyone in the league has got the squad, we do, but he's going to have to manage it. It's going to be tricky. But this whole issue of taking four competitions seriously, 
Um, yeah, we're already in one cup final. We're progressed in the FA Cup. We're within sort of shout of, of the Premier League um, and, and so on. So, so we have potentially got a chance of, of winning four trophies, seriously. And for the last three or four years at this stage of the season, we've been saying the same thing. And Pep does seem to be taking it seriously. Is, is that, I mean, you mentioned the Champions League, is that a risk? Because other managers not very far from I, Manchester would be taking a different view and playing weekend sign in the FA Cup. Let's get rid of that. Let's freshen ourselves up. Pep has taken a very different view. Do you support that? Do you want him to go after all four? I, or do you think I actually think... the Premier League and the Champions League could well be a problem, bearing in mind all of these games coming so thick I, and fast? I, I, think, I think the board have said to him, go for it. I think they fully support him. I think they just said, go for it. It doesn't matter. By the, you just go for everything you can do. And whatever falls out at the end of the day is great. Because whatever you win is then a bonus. But I think they want him to go for it. I think that's the way like they want him to play a certain style of football. And he cannot compromise on that. But isn't there a risk, Steve, with that? Is there not a risk mm. that, that we can pick up injuries, players become tied, he, he rotates so much, he doesn't know his best squad, all the reasons we know. But isn't there not a risk that we, 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 we're not necessarily going to... We actually might but not win anything at the end of the well, season. But that's, that's the danger of doing the opposite. If you look at Liverpool, for example, at the moment, they are saying that they prioritised the league and the Champions League above the Carabao Cup and the FA Cup. Now, the risk for them now is they could end up winning absolutely nothing again. Um, and, you know, I think when you go into a competition, you don't go in a, into a competition to go out of it. You go into a competition because you've got a chance of potentially winning it and I think you should always try hard you do he will get to a point where he will have to prioritize certain games the bit that worries me at the moment is what we were talking about earlier which is the rhythm and maintain how do you rotate those squads with lots of games and keep the rhythm that's the thing because people will come in and out of that rhythm depending upon how many games they've got but do you know what in Pep I trust we've got probably the strongest squad in the league, if not one of the strongest squads in Europe. So if anybody could be capable of going all the way in all four competitions, we are that team. However, I reckon we'll probably end up sacrificing one of them at some stage or other because the hardest one at the moment to win is probably going to be the league. I'm not saying that the Champions League would be easy, but given the fact that we're four points behind Liverpool at the moment, that is more of a challenge than... sure. It's, it's, almost, it's a question that doesn't really have an answer until the last game of the season because we can sit here and say, oh, Liverpool gave this competition away, we're in for all four. But, you know, you've got to. The players, you look at the celebrations last year when we won the Carabao Cup or this year if, if we do go on to win it. Players want to win things. You know, people like Kyle Walker, Mares. you know, they've not won a lot in their career. They're here to win trophies. And we've been helped, as I said before, we've been helped by the draws in the cup. We've had you know, two games against Burton when it could have been Chelsea or Spurs. We've had home to Rotherham, home to Burnley, where he could change the team. Liverpool were away at Wolves. You know, you can understand why at that situation Klopp would go, actually, you know what, let's maybe throw this one and concentrate elsewhere. But we've got the squad. You know, our, our much-changed team against Burton includes probably nine or ten internationals who need to play to keep you know their sharpness up so look as, as steve said in pep we trust they're going to go full out to win it may i think there was a situation with pellegrini maybe what two three years ago when we were in all four competitions and it just came to one round almost too many in the fa cup against chelsea and he played what, yeah. eight or nine kids to throw that one 
because there was a bigger game two or three days later. It might get to that point. We're not there yet, but we've got the squad who can compete on all these fronts. Can I just talk about these 30 goals as well? Or as David said before we came on air, actually it's better 28 to nil if we sort of sort of talk about sort of from early January and we, we ignore the Liverpool game. But 30 games and only one against, 30 goals and one against, and we haven't even finished January yet. We've got an, another game, of course, this week against Newcastle before January ends. It is, it's special, isn't it? I know you can argue we've played Burton and we scored a few there, but we are scoring goals like nobody else. And, and, and you know, that, that's special, isn't it? Massively. Um, equally, for all the goals scored, it's the, the non-conceded or the one-conceded because mm. we started the season like that, in total control, barely conceded a shot against us. And then we went through this patch of, of conceding one a game, maybe, and it, and it just forced us, it pushed us, and, and it came to, to cost us against Palace and Leicester. Whereas now we're back to limiting opposition chances. And we're a bit more ruthless. We're always going to create opportunities and everyone's getting on the score sheet. You look at the front six mm. and all, all the ones on the bench, they're contributing. So it's, it's brilliant to watch. And actually, I think we've probably still got another couple of levels to reach as well. We scored five against Burnley and we weren't at our best. And that, that's scary for opposition. What excites you most about this sort of the, the front six, if you like, and, and where the goals are coming from, Steve? The, fa- the fact that you don't know where the next goal is going to come from. Um, the bit I really like about the front six is they can be moving at a very pedestrian pace and then suddenly they accelerate and teams can't live with that acceleration. Um, a couple of weeks ago, I remember seeing Sterling, was, he was almost slowed down to walking pace, and then suddenly he sprinted past the defender, put the ball across, and it was in, on a plate to be put in the back of the net. And I think that scares the hell out of teams. They can think they've got us under control, and suddenly, bang, it's done. Um, winning is a habit, as is not conceding as well. Mm. Has been, there has been criticism of Gabriel Jesus, and he seems to have silenced his critics the last few weeks. You know, he's a young lad. He's, yeah. you, you know, you can't you can't really compare him with Aguero, who is a legend. And uh, what, what more can we say about him? Record goal well, scorer and I, all the rest of it. But I but think, but he's he's done all right, hasn't he, Gabriel? He's been totally transformed. And the thing is, he it's for, with him it'll all be confidence. And I think he's now starting to look like the player he was when he joined us. So I'm really so that's a massive bonus. Suddenly Otamendi's playing nearly every game and he seems to be rotating either Stones or Laporte. That's a bonus because I think Otamendi's pretty good at the moment. He has played, hasn't he played every game lately? The thing for me with Jesus is is not just the goals and the running and the work rate, because that was always his strength. But it's the ability or the confidence, as you say, just to, to kind of run with his skill. Because the first, was it the first goal or maybe the second one against yeah. Burnley? We've not really seen him kind of fashion a chance out of nothing or, or create this wonder goal. We used to wait from Aguero. He's the one you turn to when we need something to happen. Jesus isn't normally that person, but he had the skill and the confidence to take it past a couple of players, weave in and out and score. As David said, he's... he's Getting back to, yeah. to somewhere where... And the thing about... One thing I love about him now, I think, it's a bit like watching Sterling a year or two ago when he suddenly started to, like, snap into that. And there was a confidence it, thing with him, I think yeah. people said, and, and Pep must I have mean, taken him Sterling on one side. Now, and... Every one of us now go, wow, can't yeah. wait to see him play every game when he plays. It's wow factor. And I think Jesus will get to that. 
But also, just just one last thing on him. It, it feels like a minor point, but his English. Yeah. Just, if you'd have said two months ago, what Jesus is English like, you wouldn't have had a clue. But he's he's clearly learned in his in his free time, and he's clearly the one who's pushing to be on TV, giving the interviews. City wouldn't push him there until unless he didn't want to. So he's the one who is is kind of settled down here. I know his family and his mum came to visit and have gone, but he's the one who is almost saying, I'm going to be here for a while, I'm going to learn the language, I'm going to integrate, and I want to show how, how confident I am. Yeah, I mean, that, I was going to mention exactly the same thing, that actually seeing him, the confidence in him standing there with a microphone and talking... Um, to you know, interviewers, it shows that he is starting to settle into City as a role, and he seems to be accepted by the whole of the team. One person who's a little bit Marmite, um, and I'll ask you again, David, to start with, with you know, I'm going to say, yeah. is, is Mares, Mares yeah. who, when you look at the, the pure cold statistics and you look at assists and goals scored, it says in the, in the number of games yeah. he's played, which is actually quite a lot less, he's looking all right. But actually, in terms of his performances, some people said he's not quite up to the level. How, how do you look at Mahrez and his acquisition? I think very frustrating. He's a player with a talent, but every time he tees it up on that left foot, you go, can you get it on target once at least? And he just isn't quite there. And I, I, I'm very frustrated watching him at the moment. He's quite, you know, all the time he keeps the ball, he tees himself up, he's a little bit greedy. He can't he get wants, it on he wants to score. He wants to score a few goals, yeah, doesn't he? He's, and he's not. Got, he's not doing it. He's not, he, he seems to me to be in a position very similar to what Bernardo was last year, where Bernardo started off last year... We didn't see the best of Bernardo last year. He was he was just kind of trying to settle yeah. into the game and settle into the rhythm and the way the team plays. And I think Mares is a little bit like that. He, he occasionally has a bit of a, uh, you know, he occasionally has a bit of a flush and something comes right for him. But sometimes I just feel like he's slowing the game down rather than speeding up. Whereas our game is all about fast passing and movement. Come on, Stephen, give us something positive about <laughs> Mares, please. I don't Come on, I agree with all of that. I, I don't think he he quite fits into Pep's style in terms of the quick movement and one touch pass. He does take a lot of touches and twists and turns and, and ends up in the position where he started. I think he would benefit more from Walker as this overlapping right back to almost take that, take the defender, take the left back away to give Mares the space to cut in. Because at the minute, Walker's probably quite you know, occasionally will bomb forward, but often he just holds his position to prevent the counter attack. So Mares is kind of double marked at times. The thing that frustrates me with Mares is. He shirks every single tackle, he, whether he's scared of, of the contact, but you'll never see him, not even a 50-50, if it's 70-30 in his favour, he'll probably lose it. That's just his style. And he, sh- he should be used to the pace of the league, given he's been in England for a while now. But yeah, I, yeah frustrating is the right word. I want to see more of him because he's got so much talent. He's just not quite showing it. Lots of assists, lots of goals. Yeah, yeah. yeah but he but, should do. So he should level. when he. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, if he can't maybe, get lots of assists, got, maybe he's got a point to prove when he plays now because he's not been playing a huge amount. But yeah, he's. You can see when he starts why he's often on the bench. It, do, it does come to it when you're probably the weakest tackler in a team that's got players like Bernardo Silva, David Silva, that you expect to be little magicians, but actually they're as tough as as tough as houses. Um, I, I that. that 
picture that really comes to mind for me is the one where Mares, Mr. Tackle and Fernandinho grabbed hold of him by the scruff of the neck and gave him a right old mouthful and Pep then hauled him off a couple of minutes later and that kind of showed that he's, he doesn't come across as being a real team player yet whereas the others, they all seem to be playing uh-huh. for each other. They're not playing for themselves, they're playing for each other. All right, well listen, let's take a quick break. <coughs> The Man City Show is backed for the season by Ladbrooks. Welcome back. Uh, before we carry on, uh, I've got a bit of a quiz here. Do you remember You Are The Ref? I used to like You Are The Ref. Yep. Yeah, remember that? So, uh, with Flaggy in mind, and yeah. Uh, yeah, we've got a few questions. There are four... It's, it's an education, this, you know. This is amazing. There are four musts with corner flags and one maze. And this is according to the laws of the game, Law 1 about the field of play. So it's in the laws of the game that you all love. So what are the musts about corner flags, please? Four musts. They have to be in a corner. Very good, Steve. Is one of the musts. Is yes. it the correct answer? I shall tick that. They have to be placed in each corner. Is correct. Yes. Next must. There must be four of them. They're, well, it says placed in each corner. It's the same point. So I don't think you get an extra point. That's all part of the same. They must each... have a spare one. <laughs> it's not part of the laws. Although you wonder whether why it took quite so long to get a spare. Yep. It must be regulation height. And do you know what that height is? The I correct don't answer? know. No, anybody like to have a guess? There is a regulation height. Uh, five, five? Oof, it's five foot. It must at least 1.5 metres, which is five foot. And why, we all know, but just for anybody who doesn't, why do they have to be over five foot? So that they're taller than David Silver. <laughs> it's purely a safety issue, exactly. Yeah. Any shorter yeah. than anybody can impale themselves. So that height, people aren't generally going to fall on. Very good. Yeah. Two to go. To do with a flagpole itself, what the things about what they must be, be made plastic. of a certain material. Well, they don't actually, because they can be metal, they can be plastic. They have to be white. They don't have to be white. No, no. no. Um, they. Can't, I'll tell you because he's getting. Bear with us, listeners. <laughs> yeah. They can't have a point on the top, and they have to have a flag. Oh, well, I was going to say that, but I thought it was a corner flag, so it has to... A pole, I was going to say the pole, to be uh, fair. Right. And there's a maybe, which those, you and I, being the oldest two here, Dave, might remember, there is a may as well. Because whilst there are four in each corner, you may have one on the halfway line as well. Uh, and they used to, yeah, they yeah, used they to did, have flags, yes, yeah. but a meter yeah. away from the from the uh, from yeah. the uh, from the touchline. So you get. Listen, you are the ref. It is an education here on the Man City Show. Um, listen, should we talk about um, going forward then? And uh, kind of next game is actually yeah. early this week. Newcastle yeah, away tomorrow night. Tomorrow night we're recording Happy this on Monday. Of some of those games. Up in the gods, there they do stick you pretty high up at, uh, at Newcastle. Yes. Those of those of us who very have been high up. very high up. So um, listen, this gives us a chance, does it not? A victory with Liverpool playing the following night, a victory mm. at Newcastle will reduce the deficit to a single point. Indeed. This is quite important, isn't it? Indeed, yeah. I think we've had a good record there. Uh, it, you know what worries me? Every game like this, you just worry. That, we have one bad game again and then we've got a problem. So, as Pep said, quite rightly, every game we can win and every game <laughs> we, uh, we could lose. <laughs> or we could draw. Said, or draw, yeah. But in, in a way... Probably one of the so three. I think, yeah. I think the fact is, if we've got the initiative for the next two games now, we're playing ahead. Well, the Everton game we play ahead as well, don't we? Ahead of their Liverpool's next game. Well, the Everton game. game's been pulled forward, yeah. actually. Yeah, so, yeah. so, 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 so they'll have a game in hand. Yeah. We have a great chance here because if we win these games now, it puts so much more pressure 
on Liverpool, and that's in, that can be an advantage. Newcastle aren't very good, are they? No. I mean, we should beat them, but... I mean, you, were, were Crystal Palace, were Leicester? They have more of a... Th- well, no. <laughs> but they have more of a threat than I think Newcastle do. And, you know, Leicester weren't very good against us. They just scored a great yeah, goal I mean, and, and we missed chances. Down. And so did Crystal New- Palace. Newcastle were yeah. down on the, in yeah, the dumps they'll have and they've got managers behind the ball. He's yeah, Benitez fair. is... If they didn't have Benitez, they'd be favourites for a relegation. He'll yeah. keep them up, yeah. but... His tactic against us in the past and against other big teams is just block defence. But block that's midfield. the concern, isn't it? There, there will be an occasion where teams will get you know solid five at the back, you know five in midfield, whatever, and then they'll they'll literally get ten men, as you say, yeah. behind the ball. But then it's and, on us to break them down and actually yeah. play with intensity. Because if we just coast and think, oh, it will come, we'll make chances. That's when it will get nervy. The longer it's nil nil, and they then you risk in the counter attack. But if we start hard and fast and, and put the pressure on straight away which I'm sure we will and Pep will tell them then if you can just get a couple of goals the game's it's a different match you worried about it Steve? No I don't really worry about it I mean I think we've got the firepower now especially with De Bruyne coming back that gives us another weapon that he's able to score goals from outside the box so it, it, we're not restricted to having to find our way into the six would yard area Would you play him against Newcastle? Hmm. Yeah yeah, I would. I think even if it was a case of playing him until we got a two-goal lead and then subbing him off, I think would be quite a good idea. Just because I think he still needs to work on that rhythm and keep that going. Some of those players, they, they kind of thrive on that. It's like you said, you know, they want to play every game. They're better when they play every game. So even if he plays half a game, he can do something for us that will break Newcastle down. And I know we speculate each week and we rarely get it right, but in terms of a lineup, then, sort of the, oh, the, who's he going to rest and so on? It's, it's kind I of... have absolutely no idea. <laughs> Edison will play. Edison will definitely play. I think that's about as much at Fernandinho. Edison will play. Be... I think at the moment, one of the consistent players that he picks is Danilo. So Danilo Walker will. And Danilo are if... fullbacks. Yeah. Or Mendy and Danilo, possibly, if Mendy's at, if he thinks Mendy's up for it. So I, I think you've kind of got to start there. As for the centre-half Stuff. pairing, I don't know. You can perm anyone from three. I yeah. think he'll go back to Stones and Laporte. Probably. the trusted. Fern- Mend- be a push for Mendy to start Fernandinho in the league. Start. I, can't, I, can't see him st- I can't see him starting Mendy. I think yeah. I, he no. may well be fit. He's, he was on the bench, wasn't he, I think, uh, at the weekend. But I can't see him starting. Fernandinho's a given yeah. for a game like that. I reckon it might be the two silvers in front of him. Yep. I'd be tempted to have De Bruyne in, but played a lot recently. And Sterling, Sane, probably Aguero. Yeah, it's tough on Jesus, isn't it? When he's knocking him in, and mm. uh, but it's you know the, he is rotating them as we yeah. as we've said. Any any changes to that, David? That sound I about think right Del to you? Might play left back actually. Really. He's not played there for a couple of few games, has he? He's not been that convincing, has no, he? When he's he played there, he's that's, made that's a the problem. few mistakes, but which Danilo's actually been our best. He has played at the well, yeah, he's, he's been well. good. Yeah, I think he's fielding very well. Yeah. He's kind of been the Delph of this season, has he? Really? Yeah. I mean, at the end of the day, tomorrow we should win. We need to win, yeah. but I think he knows he has to win tomorrow to put that pressure on Liverpool. Yeah. One of the questions we we've had on on Twitter um, talking about that sort of team and, and particularly with Mendy in mind, and we've kind of covered it before. But it's a bit of a problem with Mendy and Sane. And, and the question again is, can they play in the same side? So we're kind of almost a season on now. And I know Mendy's not played that much because he has been plagued with injuries since he joined City. But knowing the way they both play, 
Um, your, your view, Stephen? Can, can I, they play in the same side? I actually side? think if there's one thing that Sane has improved on since last season, it actually does cover back more than he did. And more successfully as well. When he loses the ball, I've seen him track back 30 or 40 yards to try and retrieve the ball. So I think he's, he's kind of added that to his game. So I don't, I don't feel quite as nervous as I did last year. Um, there's something about Mendy where he, he's not, doesn't seem quite confident the couple of times I've seen him this season when in defensive situations. He's fine when he's in a, an attacking situation, but he sometimes looks a little bit flaky. So I'm not sure whether Sane would be enough to cover for Mendy. Are they playing the same side, Stephen? I, I've, I've talked about this on the podcast before. I've got my doubts on that. I, I think more from an attacking perspective, I totally agree on the defensive side. It's, it's not either of their fortes, but Sane's doing more. But actually from an attacking perspective, they want to be in the same space. Yeah. They both want to be making those runs, getting the ball in the final third and crossing into the box. Sane, I don't think, has enough to his game in terms of drifting in field or joining in with attacks kind of on a consistent basis. You can envisage Sterling on the other side kind of cutting in and he's more adept at that. Sane's very much stick out wide, get the ball. And that's exactly what Mendy wants to do and, and put his crosses in. So, yeah, it's a good question. I, I'm not convinced they can. And David, what about the question and the ubiquitous question of Fernandinho's replacement? Because, <laughs> oh. again, we've got uh, Arthur McBride, who's uh, one of our Twitter followers, asked a few questions. So it's another one, but it's a great question from Arthur. I mean, what, what are we going to do? I mean, you can't go on forever, can I? And, and no, we know I mean, what the interesting thing is. is the three players we were going to buy well first of all two I think Jorgino um, and um, Fred haven't actually done very well in their new clubs so it's quite interesting then we wanted De Jong but he's obviously gone to Barcelona so I, don't, I haven't got a clue now because I don't think they know who they want because you can't find that player so they're going to have to you know any of the youngsters? Can you see any of the youngsters filling that berth at all? I mean, Stephen, no, you're, you're, we don't know. You, you look at the ones that I don't. Know. I mean, Fernandino does everything, which is the problem because Gundogan has played there and and can pass a ball, but isn't mobile. Yeah. Delph can play there and is mobile and runs about, but hasn't got the ability on the ball. Stones has played there and, and probably does a Fair decent yeah. job as a defensive option, but struggles to to pass the ball as as a midfielder should. We, none of us, I don't think, have seen enough of the kids to to know whether they're going to be good enough. So, you know, given that you know the kids aren't going to be ready, in even in a year's time, you'd have to imagine we're out looking for someone in the market. They've been quite principled in saying we're not going to pay what um, you know what Ajax were asking for 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 the young. But you know, we're going to have to find somebody because yeah. Fernandinho is great, but he's not going to go on for much longer. And we have listeners all over the world, and uh, we picked this up earlier on, didn't we, Steve, from uh, on Twitter, at Komat Sola. And he says, why do some City fans long for the days of mediocrity instead of soaking in what's happening now in the Guardiola era? When will they realise that typical City is dead and it's time to write a new chapter in the club's history? Why are they so afraid of their own shadow? I don't think they're afraid of their own shadow. I think there's an element of irony about Man City supporters because we suffered mediocrity for such a long period of time. It's actually quite difficult to pull ourselves out of that mentality. Um, it's it, you know last year when we were leading the league by God, I think it's about eighteen, nineteen points at one stage, and we were still thinking we could 
bugger it up by the end of it. And that that's a typical city type of attitude, approach and mentality. And to be fair, do you know what? It's what it's what's made city fans stick by city for so many years. We are absolutely blessed at the moment to have the wealth of talent and ability that we've got there and the best manager in the world to lead it, but it's still hard for us to get out of that mentality of being typical city. I want to talk about the transfer window but right at the end. Before I do that, David, a final thought from you about Arsenal at the weekend because, of course, we've got that fixture as well um, before we come back and record next week. So I know well, we've got the, we're focused on the midweek fixture in Newcastle, but we should just mention yeah, the Arsenal game yeah. as well. Another big well, one coming up. I think up. Arsenal are on a bit below. They've got a lot of injury problems. got problems at the back. We've got the best attacking force in the country, in Europe, and they're absolutely on their knees at the moment at the back. So, and even when they have won a couple of games, they think they've outplayed themselves at the moment. So, if we've only got ourselves to blame if we don't win. I mean, we should win. Thoughts about the Arsenal game, Steve? Yeah, look, I, I, I think any team that we play at the moment is going to give us a game, but Arsenal are probably, they've, they've kind of hit their peak over the first few months of the season and I think they're having a bit of a, a, bit of a lull at the moment, bless them. Um, they're going to struggle defensively against our attack um, and I don't think they've got enough firepower at the other end to actually do as much damage as we can so I can't see us not winning that game. All right, let's uh, let's finally just talk about the transfer window then because literally the trans- January, January transfer window closes in, in a couple of days' time. Um, Pep has kind of gone on record of sort of saying that we're, we're really not interested. Any, anybody we might have interested in, as David said, might have gone elsewhere. Um, so... I guess we're going to have to wait for the summer. Um, but your thoughts on where maybe we should or could be, be looking, Stephen? It's, it's probably positions we've discussed on the podcast a few times previously. Left back, there's a question mark purely because um, Mendy, Mendy seems so injury prone. And, you know, Zinchenko and Delph can do a job for the odd game. Delph was excellent last season, but you know, isn't a long term option for us there. Danilo whilst he's fine at the minute, is a right-back doing a job on the left. So I wouldn't be surprised to see us go after a left-back. Chilwell seems to be the one that we're linked with. He looks a decent... He's a decent, tidy player, and I think he could... He, he'd certainly... It's whether he would be capable or happy to be... You're going to play some games and not all yeah. of them, but then at the other side of it, it's like you said earlier, players want to win medals and he's not necessarily going to win anything at Leicester at the moment because I think they're out of both cups and they're not in with a chance of winning the league. So, you know, why not? Centre-back's an interesting one. Mm. Um, company, was it maybe a month ago, there was talk that Pat would love to give him another year and keep him at the club and because when he's fit, he can still do a job. But you know, these little niggles just seem to keep him out for, for much longer. That, and you know, we're told they're little niggles and, and Pep doesn't elaborate on it too much. But you know, he played a couple of games against Southampton and Liverpool and hasn't been seen since. And you know, it didn't feel like there was a big injury. And you know, as much as we love him, and I'm not going to bring myself to say anything negative about him because he's phenomenal and has been the most incredible captain for the club, but can you keep somebody in the squad who's available for 10 games a season? Yes, yeah. it's a really tricky question. Plus, Otamendi isn't playing a lot and you know there'll be questions about whether he maybe goes back to Spain. So that's another position. Eric Garcia is, 
maybe a year too soon to promote him and be part of the squad, but he's done his job and, and suits he that looks, style. He looks, I was going to say, he looks comfortable enough. He doesn't look like he would, um, he would struggle if he was brought up. No. But, you know, we'll central midfield, Fernandinho, we've discussed, potentially another winger. But the one position that I just have this feeling about is right back, that are we going to win the Champions League with Kyle Walker as our right back? I think he's a good, solid... Premier League right back but he's prone to that lapse of concentration I think think you're more likely to win it with Danilo to be fair and he's had experience playing at that level Uh, yeah Walker sometimes for me I do worry about him he 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 is prone to the odd brain fart yeah and 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 not you know with the best will in the world he just sometimes gets caught out and he thinks he's got more time than he actually has and and he relies so much on his pace to recover that at some point, that, that burst of speed will go. I just, I think he'd be fine for another year, but from a purely sales perspective, I wouldn't be surprised to see Walker sold for a decent amount of money and a new young right-back to be brought in who's going to be that long-term option. Yeah, be an understudy to Danilo whilst he learns his trade. Anything to add? I mean, it's a pretty comprehensive. I think he's mentioned, Stephen's mentioned every position apart from goalkeeper and there's another striker. Yeah, I don't think, I think we need another goalkeeper at the Bravo moment. Bravo goes. Yeah. And Murich Bra- turns into the, the permanent number two. Murich looks very comfortable, actually. I quite like the guy. I, I feel for him because he's clearly good with his feet. Big guy will, will presumably be a good shot stopper. But Edison's going to be our number one for as long as he wants to be. Yeah. So Murich almost needs, a bit like Angus Gunn, just needs to play and mm. get out and, and play football. But... He's probably going to be our number two. And yeah, I agree with you, Steve. Good, solid, really lots of potential. So the other area is striker. And we've mentioned before about the way that Gabriel uh, has think, come through. See, do, I, do you need more than two strikers? No, I think, I think if you've got Sergio and Jesus, I think you've got enough there. You've got Sergio's, other, Sergio's you've got the other, wrong side of 30, just to sort of yeah, interject. But you've got, yeah, but I don't... Better. Yeah, he's, he's, he's really playing well at the moment. He's committed himself to another couple of seasons. So I don't think we need to worry imminently. Yes, longer term, we do need to look at what you would do about that position. But at the moment... Between him and Jesus, they've got those positions nailed down and you've got other players that can score and actually can cover for them if necessary. You know, Sterling's done a good job when he's played there. I've even seen Kevin De Bruyne play there and he's done very well. So De Bruyne could play well in net. He's, yeah, he's, yeah absolutely. Edison could, deputy, you know. <laughs> swap. We, need, we do need Edison to score a goal. This Before the end of the season, Edison does need to score a goal. That would be disrespectful, though, wouldn't you it? You look at other teams oh, who don't Going have, back to a previous show. <laughs> other teams who don't have the two top strikers. Spurs are so reliant on Kane, who's brilliant, but replacement, and you know, they struggle if Kane's out. Chelsea, I think Higuain for them is a brilliant short-term loan signing, but you know, Morata's been out of form. They don't really like Giroud, so Hazard plays out of his best position. You know, Liverpool, if you were to take one of their three strikers out, they struggle to replace them. So we're... We're so lucky to have two very good players who yeah. are different and both, you know, different ends of their careers. But, you know, if you're if you were to sign a third striker, I think that's when it probably goes from competitive and everyone kicking each other on to ah, someone's not going to be happy and that's a bad egg in the squad. And we wouldn't want that. And we don't want bad eggs. No, we don't. On that note, huge thanks to my three guests, to David Blakeney, to Steve Cox and to Stephen Allwise. This is Nigel Rothman saying thanks for listening and we'll talk to you all very soon. The Man City Show is backed for the season by Ladbrooks. This is a Playback Media production. To listen to all our football podcasts, visit playbackmedia.co.uk.
Sports Social Podcast Network. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.